When I get to heaven, I'm going to shake God's hand, thank him for more blessings than one man can stand. Then I'm going to get a guitar and start a rock and roll band, check into a swell hotel. Ain't the afterlife grand? And then I'm going to get a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm going to smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm going to kiss that pretty girl on the tilt the world. Cause this old man is going to town. <laughs> then as God is my witness, I'm getting back into show business. <laughs> I'm going to open up a nightclub called the Tree of Forgiveness and forgive everybody ever done me any harm. Why well, I might even invite a few choice critics, those syphilitic parasitics, buy them a pint of Smithics and smother them with my charm. Cause then I'm going to get a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm going to smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm going to kiss that pretty girl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new normal, the new level of foolery, but also welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where the facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. It's your boys, Jay and Welly F. And when you're free time, please go to the podcast app, to SoundCloud, to Google Play, and rate and review us and also we're on spotify i still don't know what it is that you do on that but whatever it is that you do please go and do that this is day <laughs> 43 of quarantine maybe it's a solid uh, month and a month and a week month and two weeks now 53 I'm, what day? it's about 53 days 54 days it's 53 54 days since the uh since the pandemic was was uh declared and we're back. We've been yeah, doing yeah. we've been doing the IG yeah, live. Last time we had an episode. Uh, about, it's been about three four weeks. Oh, okay, cool, cool. It, it feels like it's been longer than that, but at the same time, it doesn't because, like you said, you know, shout out to everybody that's been jumping on the IG lives. I mean, like I said, uh, it's a decent amount of traffic for two nobodies, uh, and. I've definitely learned some things by people getting on our IG lives and going on other people's IG lives. And um, that's pretty much what I want to focus on today because, uh, once again, like, I learned some things. And not necessarily even, like, learned as in, like, I've never understood. Like, I learned some things as far as I heard new terms and I didn't really understand them, shit like that. And just the thought pro the thought process of people, man. It's just interesting, man. That's why just now when you said facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings, and I'm like, damn, like that shit really hits home. Like that shit is real. It's really real out here. Like facts are facts. And all these opinions people come up with, man, like they just piss people off. I mean, it off. is what it is. Yeah, man, it's <sighs> It's, dog, dude, I respect the First Amendment. I just, I just do. <laughs> like, I just, it's just that's the type of guy. And I, I think to an extent, even though I know people have stupid opinions, I still 
no, people are entitled to their opinions. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't stop people. I don't shut people down for having opinions, dog. I just don't like. It's baffling to me, like, godly, dog. But anyways, man, it's good to be back. It's, it's, You're back home. I'm, bro. My mom actually told me that this isn't my home. This is just where I am for the time being. So I am where I am for the time being at the moment. But yeah, man, it, it, and that drive back was pretty rough on me. Like I, I didn't sleep well that night before, so it was bad. And then I drank coffee, and then at my first gas stop, I got an energy drink, and then that just put my bladder in the overdrive. So I had to stop and use the restroom like every sixty to hundred miles, basically. Damn. Okay, damn. I think when you called me, I think you had went stopped and got you went to the restroom one time. Yeah. Matter of fact, I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. Damn, that sucks, man. You do you you do have a an interesting bladder, sir. I I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for myself. I want to I want to see something. Hey, how how do my how do my level sound? Do I sound pretty loud or what? Do I, do I coming through clear? You're coming through clear. You're you're a little loud, but it, it'll it'll be fine because you're typically a little quiet when we get to post production. Oh, okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 tough. I mean, shit. At the end of the day, man. Glad you made it. Carolina is not close to Texas at all. Uh, what is the um, what's the vibe like? Uh, it's still it's still ISO mellow out here. Like it's still very quiet. It's very scarce. I went into Target today and like all the bicycles are gone. Like, if, I guess that's that's the move now to go ride bikes. And when I went on my little jog earlier, it was a lot of people out, families on bikes, people just walking, people just getting outside, doing anything that they can to get outside. And and, and I think that's what the vibe is. Because I told you I was going to go around six, but I ended up going around five because to me that puts a distinct end to my work day. Like, all right, I'm done working. I'm going to go do this little jog, come back. And, you know, there's a separation of work and personal for me. So I think that's what a lot of people are doing. They're getting out for a few minutes, an hour after work, running errands, going to the store, whatever, what have you. But, you know, just to, to get out of the house and do stuff, because I think a lot of the population here has the capabilities of working from home, especially in the area that I'm in. So a lot of people have to break up that monotony of the day by getting out and doing something. Yeah, which is perfectly normal, man. It's it's it scares me to think that people think that um, if they go outside, that they're going to be in a bird box like t- situation. Uh, that's that's just wild to me. With how how that's that just show that goes to show the lengths that misinformation goes to. Like when you're in a mindset of like I can't go outside or I'm going to die. Like that's just that's crazy, man. Like I really feel sorry for people that think staying inside is the healthy remedy for these times like that's not it's 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 a fact that it's not like that's not good for you to sit inside the house probably drinking probably staring at your phone all day and i mean yeah you could do these home workouts but i'm sorry man like these home workouts are not gonna hit the same as getting vitamin d and actually getting out there and being a real sweat it's just it is what it is man but once again to each his own, man. Do what you do. I just, you know, it's 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 scary times we're in, bro. Scary times we're in. But uh, like I said, I didn't really want to just, you know, stay on that. I did have a question though, because we were having a conversation on a group chat earlier, and it made me, it had me to thinking. Do you think that 
in these times, basically, that internal validation is more important than it ever like than it ever has been. I think internal validation has always been important because I don't think my confidence should be derived from the world. I think my confidence should come from myself and, you know, basically fuck what the world thinks. But in these times, those people that don't have that, it's a scary situation for them because they're not going out there and they're not getting those compliments of, oh, you're dressed nice today. You know, people aren't, they're not seeing people on a regular basis, whatever their key quality that they've, that they claim to have, that they share with the world and what they consider to make them unique, they're not sharing that with anybody at the moment. And it's really kind of eating away at their mental status. You could, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. I'm realizing that a lot uh, across the board. I'm realizing that a lot of people don't really have much to offer if they can't, you know, be in the presence of other people. I mean, and that's not necessarily me insulting them. I'm just saying, like, people thrive off of that social energy. And I think that obviously in these times, it's molding people to realize that that social energy really is temporary anyway, but you've become so obsessed with it and so entitled to it that you never really found that balance. And um, that's just, that's just something that intrigued me about like some of the stuff that y'all are talking about because I see it on a daily basis, like modern society. I mean, human beings are social animals. Like I understand that, but for the most part, I never, I never would have really thought that I would see so many mental breakdowns that I'm seeing. Like you saw that video, like this girl's breaking down, crying uh. in the car because, you know, she just doesn't feel at one with the world. And I'm looking at her. I'm just like, you're just spoiled. She's she's comparing having to wear a face mask in public to rape. Because she's then, comparing it to and, not having control. And then crying about men not being able to protect her. Like, we can't leave the house either. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, we can leave the house, but like, we can't, we put it like this. Everybody is on a similar page when it comes to, all right, we don't want to just be in with herds of people. We want to be smart about this situation. So for her to so for her to point the blame on men for not, you know, being there to protect her, it's like, Jesus Christ, like, are you even somebody I would either even want to sacrifice my life for if I thought that I was, you know, dealing with a bird box like type uh, virus? But even even with that, like like you said, the only way that I can protect you in this moment is through knowledge. And a lot of knowledge comes from yep. trial and error. So when men and women alike are saying, hey, don't go out unless you have to, put a mask on. This is a form of protection. I can't shoot the virus. I can't throw hands with the virus. So I have to do, I have to attack it mentally. So the help that you're requesting is the help you're getting is just not coming in the form that you thought it would. Yeah, 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 true, true. So the, the 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 protection and the provision that she thinks that she's entitled to from men is not coming in the way that she would like it to cuz even the male the males that cuz I think she said that she walked into a store with her male best friend or a male friend 
And I think she, even in that moment, she felt helpless because I think her friend had the mask on and was just looking at her like, hey, you going to put the mask on? Like, ain't nothing I could do for you. Oh, yeah, because like, she said they told they her she needed to, to wear leave. a mask. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, this is, this is, you're in a post quarantine, you're in a, in a quarantine world right now. Like, everybody, dip, depending on where you stay, different counties, different parishes, different cities, they're taking different parameters with this. Some places you're going to go to that are private businesses are going to require you to wear a mask. I'm sorry. Like, if that's how it is where you live, hey, man, fuck it. It's either you're going to protest or you're going to send somebody to the store for you. I don't know what to tell you. But for her to feel raped, <laughs> that was interesting to me because I think that a lot of men can relate to that. Like, you know, as far as Going to family court, <laughs> bruh. That's that's like me getting out here. Wait, I, y'all gotta. I gotta wear a mask. I feel like I'm being lynched. <laughs> I feel like a man. Come on, man. Like it's been. Now that's another thing, man. Like the correlations people try to make to this shit. Like I said, I I feel like it's hilarious that people are even bringing up Bird Box, but I'm just <laughs> you know to entertain. Like, come on, man. Like really, like. There it's, isn't it's like, you can go out outside. <laughs> you can, don't, but don't, don't that let you know, bro. But I, 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 I spoke to this woman. Really I spoke to this woman who said she hadn't left her house in five weeks. Five Ooh. weeks. She had. She said she left twice. She went to Olive Garden and she had groceries. She went and picked up groceries. Other than that, she hadn't left her house. And I was like, why? Well, they say don't leave unless you have to. Y'all still listening to they? They out here leave the house every day to come give you this cheap-ass press conference. They don't have to do that. But I'm like, man, I just, like I said, man, misinformation goes a long way, man. When, When you put out information, matter of fact, where you decide to get your information from is very detrimental to your health. This is before anything. Like, don't forget, man. People were people thought that flat tummy tea was the way at one point. People think that being vegan is like the cure all to everything. People think being vegetarian is the cure all. People think an all beef diet. Like, where you get your information is so important. And if you're getting your information from somebody that you deem as credible, you better be ready to die on that sword, man. Like, seriously. Seriously. And I don't think a lot of people realize, that, man, they they finna take a lot of L's, man. It's gonna be a lot of L's handed out in the next couple of weeks, in the next couple of months, just due to the fact that people were relying on getting their information from places that are not truly credible. Popularity and credibility aren't the same thing. And then to kind of loop that back to what we initially started with, because we didn't want to go here and we still ended up here. Of when course. you when you have to you have to get that information and that knowledge base from somebody else, again, your confidence level is derived from somebody else. The government tells you you need to stay in, in the house. So therefore your confidence level is in the government. This is what the government says, this is what I'm gonna do. Now granted, there are situations where, hey, they shut down your business, you can't go to work. I get that. That's out of your hands. But you can still think for yourself. You can still run these numbers for yourself and you can have some knowledge to it for yourself and be like, all right, these numbers really ain't adding up like that. And 
I know that, you know, we talk about there being 300 million people in the country, whatever the number is. And I still personally haven't spoken to somebody I know that has this 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 virus. I don't and I don't think you have because you would have told me. I mean, we've talked to people who were sick in the past that that showed the same symptoms of this virus. But we haven't talked to anybody with I'd say anybody in the past month that said, yeah, I think I, I had the virus. Have you have you spoken to somebody that's unemployed? Yes. <laughs> and, and, and I and I think I said this before we went on our little hiatus. Like I said, you're more likely to meet somebody that's unemployed versus meeting somebody that actually has the virus, and it's, that still reigns true. And for people that don't understand the next statement that I'm about to make. I want you to listen to it, rewind it, repeat it if you have to, but understand this. You ain't got to understand. Like Jay said, you ain't got to understand, but I would like you to understand that poverty contributes, poverty will contribute to more deaths than COVID-19 ever will. It's a fact. It's not, it's not up for debate. And if you, if you're, if you're so hell bent on protecting yourself from this virus versus wondering why people want to go back to work to put food on their plate that's because you haven't been paying attention in life long enough you don't understand what motivates people to do the evil things that they do and the dangerous things that they do and i i've been around that shit all my life so i i understand it like very well that's why that's why i told people you wonder why people stop piling guns they're not worth you, you like jay just said I'm not trying to, I can't go toe-to-toe with this virus. I can go toe-to-toe with you, though, when you try to come from my shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm, like I, I, I posted the stats on Instagram today. Like, people people mad at people in Florida for protesting. <clears throat> but are you putting food on those people's plate? You got seven out of eight people that are still waiting to be approved for unemployment. That means that since March 11th, they possibly only got one paycheck, and they may have got a stimulus check. Probably. That ain't even guaranteed. So you talking about people for 53 days that probably haven't seen a paycheck or any source of income, and you're wondering why they want to go back to work. That lets me know that the 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 information that you're relying on is bullshit. It's not credible. It's just popular. Can we move on? I didn't. I yes, didn't. I didn't, I didn't want to go down that wormhole, and, and I and when I looked up and I was in it, I was like, God damn it. But I know, I know, I know. It's hard, man. It's it consumes us, bro. It can it's consumed the world. But that's that. But I but I definitely think think that in the midst of all this, I really wonder how people feel inside. Like I really wonder what because I know one thing: people are very prone at projecting their fears on us. I've noticed that as a trend. People are scared. So if 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 you're scared. If they're looking at you and you're not scared, they're like, hold on, something's not right with you. I need to get you scared. I need to project my fear onto you. And that's something, that, to be honest with you, I can actually say that that's mind-blowing to me. Because I never thought that being scared would be the norm. Meaning, I thought people would like to actually be in the comfort of somebody that's fearless. That's like, hey man, don't worry about this shit, we good. But it seems like positive vibes went out the window. We was all positive vibes and good vibes only like a year or two ago, right? Bruh. We all scared now? And I, and I'm I, confused. Pro- projecting that fear is 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 a form of control. And that's and that's as you see it right here in the media, you see it in, in 
quote unquote toxic relationships. If I'm sitting there and I'm telling you that you can't survive without me, you're so codependent on me. I've basically scared you into not leaving me. Cause like, sit here, look, I pay all the bills. You don't even know how much money in a checking account. You don't have your own checking account. And what, how you gonna leave me? How? Fear, fear is a fear is a form of control and manipulation. And I'm and men do it to a certain extent. Women do it to a greater extent. The government does it to the greatest extent. <laughs> they, man, they, they, there isn't a greater finesse than the government, bro. Like I'm, t I'm telling you, man. Since the introduction of the radio, they have mastered the finesse game. Like they will have you out here tripping, like for real. I mean, to be honest with you, I think Bill Clinton took it to another level. Because when Bill, like I know, I know Hitler established some shit that was wild, but the Democratic Party and their use of pandering to get reelected, like, bruh, like they took it to another level. And outside of all that shit, another thing that I've been focusing on a lot lately is millennials. Because people that know me already know that I have a distaste for the millennial group as far as you know when i say that like i mean like obviously i have a lot of millennial friends but like people that take that term and they they represent it and like they run with it like oh i'm a millennial i think those right right now those tend to be the type of people that i tend to want to distance myself from the most because i don't know if, have you ever heard of npc jay a non-player character yes I was going to say, we use that term yeah, yeah. at work, too. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a different NPC. But, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, for those that y'all for those that y'all don't know, I mean, the NPC is a non-player character. This is, I think they also go by NPC Wojak. But if you ever see a meme with this gray-faced character that looks dumbfounded, that's just, that's an NPC Wojak. Because that person is basically just, you can't tell if it's a man or a woman. But you can tell that this person is like a mindless zombie. And they, they you could tell that they are in a state of, oh, uh, I don't know what to do next because they haven't been programmed yet. They're dumbfounded and by I feel simplicity. like the more I come across Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like, and obviously most NPCs, they, they have a tendency to, how do I say this? They have a tendency to be like lemmings. And, and lemmings are basically people that just follow the herd and I really feel like millennials are adapting to that day by day like I literally just scroll, scroll down and, and honestly to, to this period of time we're in like I know that I like to observe and I know you like to observe Jay but like this is like the biggest case study in history for us to just sit back and watch how people react and watch how people respond to things that they don't understand or things that they think they understand. It's just, it's, it's, it's wild times we're in, man. Like I can't say it enough. I can't say it enough, but yeah, definitely it, millennials and NPC. It, it, they're, they're running rampant. At, the, at this point in society, it's, it's, and, and I'm not going to sit here and I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a know it all. And I've said this numerous times. People will say, nah, Jay, you're smart. I'm saying, no, nah, I just know stuff that other people don't. Just like, well, no stuff that I don't. Just like whoever the next person is, no stuff that I don't. So there's nothing that makes me smarter. I just have a different knowledge base. That's all. 
But to sit here and to watch people who, <laughs> and I have this conversation with my grandma all the time, and I call her out on it because she'll sit there and she'll say something. She'll say, "Well, you know, they said this and this and this and this." I say, "Well, who is they? You know, tell like tell me your sources. People have no sources, and that's fine if you have no sources. But you know, root that from your own understanding. Well, I believe this. Don't put it out there on they. If you're not confident enough to to stand by it, then don't put it out there." And say, well, they said this. No, nigga, I said this shit. I said this. This come, this come from Jay Brooks. I said this. Right or wrong, I said this. And there's a lot of people out there that are rogue as fuck, and they just saying some shit because it feels good to them. And hey, if you're saying it because it feels good to you, go right ahead. That's your opinion. And you know what opinions do. <laughs> the grandmother sounds like a very wonderful woman, by the way. Hey, shout out, um, shout out to my but, uh, old people, man. Them old, them old I, people, I, boy. I they, they, they'll sit there, they'll tell you nine lines of bullshit with no sources. Bruh. But for some reason, I'm still more prone to listen to them than listen to somebody that's like my age or younger than me right now. Because I, I know that even in the midst of all that bullshit, it's still something probably worthwhile that I could pick from rather than somebody just regurgitating some nonsense. And uh, I'm glad you said what you said about, you know, being smart. Like, that's that's exactly what I mean about the millennial population. Like, I feel like when you tell somebody something in our age group, um, hold on real quick. Oh, damn. Because it's been doing this. Yeah. I knew you could still hear me, but my, my screen started acting funny. My bad. Um, look. When you tell a millennial something, it's almost like you got to put up a uh, what do you what do you call it a, um, like a trigger warning like you hey, you got to warn them because you're probably about to school them, and within that schooling them you that you automatically sense that you're offending them, and that's wild to me because like I don't approach any situation with any malicious intent unless I'm defending myself, and I mean defending myself in the physical form. So when you say you know, I'm not, you know, people say I'm smart. I don't want to be a know-it-all. See, that's also projection because, like, obviously I'm smart enough to know that I am i don't know everything. So when a person comes up to me with that mindset, like, oh, man, you think you know everything, that just lets me know that they think that I know everything. But <laughs> you're projecting that on me. I never said I knew everything, but I appreciate that you feel like I think I know everything, but that's not the truth, though. And... Once again, not to pick on millennials, but the fact of the matter is that's who I deal with more than, you know, on a regular basis, just like I deal with black people more than anything on a regular basis. So I'm, I'm saying all this to say that people just need to understand that when me and you are on our platforms talking, we're giving you information that we're confident in. We know it. We fact check it. And if you don't agree with it, that's fine. But like, I mean, even with the opinions that I state sometimes, I don't just come out with asinine opinions for the sake of coming out with an asinine opinion. I feel like it's wrapped in a good amount of truth. It ain't like I'm just out here, like, arguing, you know, who's better, Jordan or LeBron. Like, that's subjective as hell. We can go on about that all day. Whatever you like, you like. But if I'm sitting here telling you about my life and relationships that I had and my views on those relationships and how I can relate that to somebody else's life, like, those are just, those are, those are opinions. Those are those are my truths. Like, it is what it is. But 
it's really hard to talk to people younger than me these days because they automatically come from a place of you're talking down on me and trying to offend me. Go ahead. And that, that's why I always tell people this, what I, how I feel and the way that I think are based on my experiences. And I tell people when they say, oh, well, I feel this way, I feel that way. I can never sit here and tell you that what you're feeling is wrong. Because I have no control over your feelings. You have complete control over your feelings. I can tell you that you're the most beautiful person in the world. And if you think I'm condescending and you and it hurts your feelings, then that's just how you feel. Like I can't I can't control how you how you receive the words or what happens around you. So if you feel that way, that's how you feel. I can never tell anybody to feel different. I can tell you my intentions, but I just can't tell you how to feel. And I think a lot of times in even the millennials that we have that we have, I guess, you know, we have no choice but to have them. They want to be told how to feel. They want to be told how to think as long as it's from a place of privilege. They don't want to be told, oh, you get you you just gonna you just gonna hurt. Or or I'm not coddling you. Like, you know, I, I they don't want to be told the harsh realities. They want to be told the sunshine and rainbows. That's what they want to hear. And it's not sweet like that. And I can say a lot of people that I know in our generation have dark stories. A lot of women have dark mm -hmm. stories. A lot of guys growing up have those dark stories. And so the and we in an attempt to make life better for the generation after us, they don't really get those darker stories that we get. Not at not at the massive volume, in my personal opinion, in my experience. I, I tend to think that people in our in our age range, if they can't make if they it's almost like not necessarily monetization, but if they can't monetize their sad stories, they feel like their sad stories or their dark past aren't really worth talking about. They feel like, oh, I can't get attention from my dark story, so it's not really worthy. But in the at in the end, I mean, I kind of feel like the dark times shaped they shaped a lot of people that are strong. The people that I respect mostly are people that you know they've they transitioned through those dark times and they're they're great people now, and they didn't need to monetize it. They don't need me to pat them on the back like. Looking, was looking at a tweet earlier, and like, you could tell when certain tweets or certain Instagram posts are coming from a from a place of "Can you help me? I need help." But rather than them doing that, they just literally are looking for somebody to pat them on the back for going through what they went through. It's like, no, yeah, you went through that. That's a part of life. What's your next move? I'm not about to baby you to your next move. You're a grown man. You're a grown woman. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not, it's not, it's not, you can't, that's not me saying toughen up. I'm saying what's next. What are you going to do? You going to sit here like old girl and cry in the car or are you going to start planning out your next move? Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, is it, is it really that bad? Like you got people that are trying to blame this pandemic on, like, I keep hearing this. This is a reoccurring theme. We ain't never been through no pandemic before. Like, why are you looking at me to do this and do that? It's like, all right, we've been going through this pandemic for 53 days now. You still going to use that we ain't been through no pandemic before excuse for another 50 days? Eventually, you have to accept the fact that you're a bullshitter. And when you accept the fact that you're a bullshitter, my, what, what am I going to ask them next, Jay? What's next? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. What's next? You, it, what, whatever it is, you should uh, have adapted by now. 
if your if your new work schedule is you work from home a week and then you go to the office for a week, or you completely working from home, or you're unemployed, you need to file unemployment. Whatever, you should be working to adapt now. Like yeah, you you should you still shouldn't be all right, man. I'm working at home. I've been doing it for six weeks. I still wake up at ten o'clock and I really don't start working till twelve. And I gotta cram my whole day into three or four hours, or I gotta stay up till ten o'clock. And if you and if that's what you're doing, guess what? You've adapted. That is your adaptation. Hey, I, I work from 10, 10 in the morning to eight o'clock at night. Exactly. And you got you got two reps of twenty one days now. Hell, I've, I've adapted in two different states. Oh, you heard what I said? Oh, I know you heard me. Yeah, I, I heard it. Twenty one days, man. I swear, it take twenty one days to form a habit. So if you still bitching after twenty one days, I'm sorry. And you, like, I'm sorry. You're making excuses. <laughs> and, and, and and that's where we are. We're we're in a society of excuse makers, and even. <laughs> that was that that was that post I think you put in the group chat where um oh girls talking about you know equality to me is that we both make the same amount of money but I still don't I still don't pay for for meals you're you're making excuses for not paying for meals simply because you're a woman so you you're not gonna pay for meals you're not gonna pay for dates like like is, is that because that's not a reason to me because a reason has some validity to it an excuse has zero validity to it you still not knowing what, what what's going on in your life on a day to day basis, and we've been doing this for fifty three days. That's an excuse. There's no validity to it. Hey, we got to go back to work. Oh no, here we go. We got to start wearing masks in Harris County starting whatever date. And I don't have a mask, so I don't know how I'm a, I'm gonna leave the house. I'm probably not gonna leave the house. There's some validity to that. You don't have a mask. You don't know how to make a mask. There's that's a reason. Excuses and reasons. This a it's a very fine line. Yeah, yeah. For obvious reasons, but I, I'm I'm gonna say this, man. I'm gonna rewind a second and talk about the uh, the, the the thought that I was talking about equality means <laughs> we make the same amount of money. First and foremost, that thought was on Bumble. Yeah, she was definitely on Bumble. Uh, let me, let me, uh, ladies. This is the time where you you get pissed off and you get into your I hate whales stance. That's fine. But I was on the IG live not too long ago and I was hearing this reoccurring term, high value woman. Now I understand that you may have heard me say the word high value man from sometime, and I'm gonna say this because I want people to understand something. There is a such thing as dating economics, meaning there is a market. Just like right now, the market for oil has crashed because. We're not driving. There isn't there. We're not driving. Ships are docked. Planes are down. In some places, trains aren't even moving. So therefore, um, the same amount of oil is not being used. So obviously, no matter how expensive it is to drill oil, the actual value of oil is very low. So when I talk about a high value man or even a high value woman. I'm talking about it from a perspective of know, knowing what the market has to offer. For example, if I'm going to a car lot and it's a car lot that has a various amount of cars, my interpretation of the market, obviously I have a certain amount of money I can spend so I can only get a certain, you know, what my, what, what my um purchase, I, I have purchasing power too. Got to remember I have purchasing power. 
So with my purchasing power, as I approach the car lot, yes, I understand that a Lamborghini is probably the most valuable car on the on the on the lot. But uh, that doesn't mean that, in essence, that for me, for somebody in my bracket, that that car actually has a real value. What happened? Why are you looking like that? Uh, my computer started doing weird stuff, but it's it's still recording, so I'm going about your business. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm always doing that too, man, but... uh, Like, stuff just started popping up on so, the screen, and I'm like, what's going on? I didn't touch anything. Yeah, that shit, yeah, that shit crazy, man. The fans watching. But, um, so, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to forget what I was saying, so understand something. Guess a Lamborghini is valuable. The Lamborghini is valuable because when it was manufactured, they put all these gizmos and gadgets on it, and it has a crazy amount of value. But for me, the purchaser, I don't see value in the Lamborghini because one, I can't afford it, so it means nothing to me. So it's cool that this high-value Lamborghini has a high value, but it means nothing to me. I'm trying to get the Toyota Camry that just got made in 2020 because it got all the gizmos and gadgets, <laughs> and I can afford it, and it, it it's and it's appealing on my market. I'm just, it, when you look at the dating market, if you're a man or a woman that has a value that the purchaser can't afford or doesn't care for or doesn't need, that value is irrelevant that you placed on yourself. So when you really think about it, there is an old adage that goes, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> it's the same in the dating market. Like the, the, the person that has the purchasing power is the person that's going to approach your high value self. So you can have all the value you want, but the person with the purchasing power, the person that has the ability to attain you, if he doesn't want you, your value is meaningless. Just and, thought I needed to say that because like because I, that girl right there on Bumble has very low value. <laughs> and like to me, you can't expect somebody of a different value level to either bring you up or come down to your level. Because then they're compromising themselves. They're not being true to who they are. And, you know, as people say, you know, you should be able to be humble and everything like that. Yes, of course. Absolutely. I agree. I've always said, you know, or no, I don't think I always said, I've, I've probably seen it somewhere, where there's like, you know, you got to treat the janitor with the same <laughs> respect that you treat the CEO. And, and I agree. Like, if I go, I still, I'm, I'm, I'm from the South. And so I call everybody sir and ma'am. I go to the gas station. Hey, is this all you need? Yes, sir. That's all I need. You know, black, white, or other. I'm I'm a sir, ma'am kind of person. So I don't care what you do or who you are. If you ask me something and I don't know you, you're a stranger, sir, ma'am. It's just what I do. So for for me to to say, you know, these are my values, and and I also like to go. I don't know my fucking diamond chains. You know, that's a that's a wide scope. And for somebody who's like, oh, well, I disrespect everybody, but yet I can't afford diamond chains. How are me and this person going to get along? They don't even know. And <laughs> and, 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 like, and and to go, go deep, because shit, I'm pulling up from 35 right here. 
as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> earlier in the group chat, it's a lot of self-hatred out there. And that self-hatred turns into jealousy and that jealousy turns into envy. And the example that I used was the whole Kim Kardashian thing and the Trey Song's baby mama pick that I used. I know you were save, saving that. You didn't want to get into that, but I had some flames for that shit. Because Trey Song's baby mama look like an everyday chick, right? She looks every day. But that's my argument, though. That's my argument, though, because I don't, I don't think she... I, when you say she looks like an everyday chick, we gotta sit there. We gotta sit there and think for a second. What's an everyday chick, though? I believe I like, would see Trey Song's baby mama in Walmart before I would see Kim Kardashian type. Because what would the Kim Kardashian type be before before quarantine? Before quarantine, uh, upper middle class, uh, unapproachable, antisocial. But where though? Where would they be? If she ain't at Walmart, where is she? Probably at home with her face glued to social media or at a club or at a bar. She's at a place where she can get the maximum amount of attention. Yeah. The, the, these, 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 the women that aspire to be Instagram thoughts and want to get that, that virtual attention day after day, they're going to put themselves in a position to get that dopamine hit of attention. The reason you look at Trey Song's girl as a as an average everyday girl is because I mean let's just be honest I don't know who this woman is and he it seems like he was pretty smart not to like broadcast her IG handle or whatever but me personally I definitely think that you know obviously you can see somebody anywhere she just seems obviously like she gives off that energy of being more down to earth because she doesn't have that typical pouty lips baby hair tits showing she doesn't have the typical instagram face and i know what you mean by that but we i remember we were saying the same shit about i say we speaking figuratively but we were saying the same shit about aisha curry too at one point in time but it's but it's the truth though aisha curry and, and 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 that all comes back to what they're pretty much similar people i mean she's still gonna want attention uh put it like this an attractive woman is an attractive woman we don't know how. Oh, she's definitely really attractive. Can't. I'm not saying she's not attractive. Yeah. No, I'm just saying well, that she's yeah, not no, plastic. I'm not saying she's not plastic she, she, to an extent. Exactly. She she doesn't have an Instagram face. Yeah. That's it. She don't have Instagram face. She don't give you that energy. And yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I just and the reason I said I was gonna get back on this later is because, like you said, we've gotten to the point where even women have wanted to distance themselves from being everyday looking women. That's not our fault. Because when you see, I, when you see a uh, a big deal like Trey Songs with this woman having a child with this woman, that tells you everything you need to know. Everything that you've done to your body, everything that you've done to yourself, every self help book that you've read to become this quote unquote high value woman, and you're still single. But then this guy, this woman right here, she probably she probably could be doing the same things that you're doing. It's just that. It's probably a lot more genuine. It probably comes a lot more natural. Because at the end of the day, low key, you got to be who you are. Like, there's no self help book out there that's going to really get you to the point. Like, Keith always talks about how he doesn't like Gary V. Because I think he probably thinks Gary V is like uh, a peddler of false, hurt, false hopes. And I think that there are a lot of women out there peddling false hope to women that just ain't got it. Like, like I said, to me, this is an attractive woman. She has a normal looking figure. 
with her having that confidence, a natural confidence, not a confidence that she got out of a book, that shit goes a long way. Bruh, I like to eat my fair share of junk food. My pizzas, my burgers, my whatever, what have you. And if I were to end up with half with, with one of these Instagram models or whatever who is is either getting tummy tucks on the regular or liposuction on the regular because they they most of them don't work out. And and even to take it to the other spectrum, if I were to end up with one of these IG fit chicks who do, who does do all the working out and that stuff, I don't eat right like you. I don't. I try, but I don't. So therefore, we're going to clash already <laughs> because you're going to have a standard that I'm not going to be able to live up to. Now, you might like your guy a little chubby and that might be cool and everything. But I'm going to be sitting here. I'm, I'm trying to bust down this large pizza with you and you over there, you eating broccoli and chicken breast. What does that look like? It just doesn't look like it meshes. And so when you take take these, these I, I hate calling them plastic because that just seems like, and I don't want to uh, insult anybody like that that's, you know, the Instagram, the, Insta, the Instagram face, these Instagram yeah, models. Yeah, if you take these Instagram models, and that is and that is the new standard. You look at these Instagram models, that is the standard. Why is that the standard? That's what I don't get. Like, for, coming from a male perspective, I don't see any guy on Instagram that's the standard. I don't see, like, like man, this guy... You know, he got all the money. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to sell dope like he did. I'm trying to write music like he did. I'm trying to start a Fortune 500 company in my garage like he did. Like, I don't I don't have that of that that idea of or that energy of like I gotta be like this guy. I always have that energy of I have to be my own man. Cause uh, like I said, a lot of people will say, oh, men want Kim Kardashian. And women will get will alter their bodies to look like Kim Kardashian and to be that object that men want them to be. But when I break when you break it down, you don't want Kanye. You don't want to have a sex tape out there. You don't want to be called talentless. So you just there for her looks and because her looks garner attention. And what happens when the attention goes? Because they there's a body up even more. Exactly, because the attention's gone now because a lot of a lot of you have decided to look like this one person. So instead of there being one Kim Kardashian, now I got thirteen hundred Kim Kardashian clothes all on social media, and they have you know something that lets you know, hey, I'm designed after Kim Kardashian. I I dated a girl right when I graduated college who wanted to be one of the Kardashians so goddamn bad. Her 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 social media handles had Kardashian in them. Like she modeled yeah. what she did after the Kardashians, and to be frank with you, she wasn't close to being a Kardashian. I I done dealt with that too. I done dealt with that too. Uh, listen, man, you can say this shit until you blow in the face, bro. Till I'm blue face. The fact of the matter is, and rhyme off beat. Yeah, till you blue, rhyme off beat all day. <laughs> listen, man, it all. This is what it comes down to. This is the correlation, and you said it. Kim Kardashian gets a lot of likes. Likes equals attention. Nobody is actually going into her like feed and doing the math to see if it's mostly men or women liking her pictures. They just automatically know. They automatically assume it's it's obviously a bunch of men liking Kim Kardashian pictures. So therefore, if she whatever she's doing to garner these likes, I'm about to do the same thing. And when it all comes down to it, I'm gonna blame it on men 
because I believe and I assume that it's mostly men liking Kim Kardashian pictures. When at the end of the day, if you go into any man's IG story on any man's page, you go on his Snapchat, you go on his Twitter, he's probably not retweeting Kim Kardashian pictures, retweeting Kim Kardashian quotes. Do you know who I see that from? I see that from women. I see women reposting Drea. I see rim. I see women reposting, you know, bundle of Britney. I see wi- women posting other women talking about body goals. I don't see that from men. I'm, I probably never will, unless the men are gay. And like I said before, I don't even think I a lot of gay guys do that. that probably probably the, not. None, 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 none of the gay guys I know do that. Hey, see, I mean, hey, so that little small sample size tells you tells you a little bit of what you need to know. I know I have a big enough sample size to know that most of Kim Kardashian's fan base are women. That's common sense. There aren't a lot of heterosexual men that were wa- sitting around watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians. I'm sorry. There aren't a lot of men walking around right now chopping up their faces, chopping up their bodies to look like Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner. It is women doing that. It's just, it's the, it, is, it, does have, it has nothing to do with necessarily what men like. It is what people perceive or think men like. So when they see it and they have a fantasy about it, they automatically tell themselves, this person is popular and successful. I want to look like them so I can get the same attention from men that they would that they get. Because obviously an attractive, successful, popular woman gets attention from men, but it's not like men are jumping out their fucking seats to go see Kim Kardashian if they hear Kim Kardashian is in the gallery of mall. That's most likely women doing that. I'm sorry. Like, that's my experience. I just, you know, the the motivation for somebody to scalp themselves, to remodify themselves, that is an internal issue that has nothing to do with anybody else. It's because you don't have the internal validation to be happy with who you are so you chop yourself up in order to be someone else so you can get that attention that that other person was getting. I mean, I really think it's that simple. I could be wrong, but from what I'm seeing through this isolation time, it kind of feels like I'm right. Just kind of. And it's odd because... And I do be wrong a lot. I don't, I don't know. It, it's odd, but it kind of makes sense because, like like you said, if, if they said that Kim Kardashian was at the Galleria... It would be troops of women going down there. It wouldn't be troops of men. But at the same time, uh, okay, that's different. Because I was going to say, you know, if they told me Jay-Z's at the gallery, you're going to see troops of men. But Jay-Z's not known for his looks. He's known for his lyrical ability. So, uh, yeah, because, I mean, if, if who who's a hot guy that women fawn over? If, if they said uh, Michael Ely was at the gallery, it's, again, it's going to be women. Who are there? It's not going to be men yeah. that are lined up. Idris Elba, Idris Elba, they'll flock for Idris Elba. Um, I'm pretty sure the white woman would flock for George Clooney or Brad Pitt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, at the end of the day, groupie energy is mostly women. But I mean, I can't argue like you just said. If a Drake or a Jay Z or even a Kanye was somewhere, you'd have your nice level of groupie men going out there to chase them. But I'd even argue that if anything, men would, you know in the vicinity would already like, hey, you know, oh shit, straight, you know, they be the ones in bopper mode. But um 
I, I, don't, I don't know if a lot of men would necessarily jump out their seats to go see any of those guys unless it was like an established meet and greet. Yeah. If they just heard about it like through Twitter, I don't really think a lot of guys would jump up out their seat for that shit because uh, I think a lot of guys are a lot more prideful. I, but, I, I, um, I didn't agree. Yeah, you know, but once again, man, just thinking about millennials, like, and just thinking about when I think about millennial women, like, to me, that just all comes down to accountability. Like, hey, man, hey, chop your body up. Do whatever you want to do to be happy. Find that contentment that I spoke about earlier. I hope you're content with this. I hope this is something that brings you a a feeling of completeness and be accountable for the fact that you did that yourself. Exactly. Be accountable for it. Hey, I want this body. Not men drove me to have this body. It's a cop out. It, it's, it's a huge it's cop, a cop out. out. Men like Kim Kardashian, so boom, I'm looking like Kim Kardashian. Hey, men also like um, Kelly Rowland. Some men mm-hmm. like Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Some men like uh, Eva Mendes. Jay yeah. loves Selma Hayek. Like you know, I'm and 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 there are and I'm and those three names I listed are very different body types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. They are. They really are. Like I said, to you, blue in the face, bro. It, it, it won't matter. Like and and really, I've already I've already told myself through all this. Some men bullshit. like Lizzo to add another body yeah. type. Like and this that's yeah. the truth. So it's kind of like you, you're trying to fit this one demographic, but, you know, somebody's going to like you. And I know that's very, you know, there are plenty of other fish in the sea mentality, but it's pretty true. Yeah, I, I As can, long as you're not a complete asshole. Some, I can actually name some male celebrities that, that females probably wouldn't even fuck with. And, um... I was thinking about something the other day when, when it, in terms of isolation. And um, it's funny to me because I feel like most men by their midlife have dealt with some form of isolation and rejection by the time they're 30. And I think that isolation and rejection is something that makes a man a man. And I think that's why we respond to these times a lot in a lot more positive state on a lot more positive mindset. And in talking to some of the women that I've spoken with that actually have a good, well-balanced relationship and they're not wearing the pants, I've realized that those women tend to be with a man that is level-headed enough to let them know, like, hey, you can you can chill, you can calm down in these times. It's not as bad as we as people say. And I think that women benefit heavily from having a man in their presence that's used to isolation, that's used to rejection, that's used to turmoil. Because once again, that brings them balance. That brings them a a sense of calmness. And I've noticed that a correlation between these times and single women, and you've seen it in New York, and you see it in these adoption, these animal adoption centers. That's the first thing that they ran to go do is to find some type of warm body or companionship because they didn't really know how to deal with isolation. They didn't know how to deal with the the ideal of the outside rejecting them, saying, you can't come out here. You know, does, does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that, and I think that, in a sense, it's almost like we were made for this. <laughs> like, you know, like I said, I, I definitely see less men bitching about this than I see women bitching about this. And y'all can try to blame it on 
you know, people going outside and making this shit last longer. I didn't, I didn't gave y'all multiple theories, and I know, I know, I know, black people don't like the theories, but I was like, hey man, it's either gonna be a vaccine or a cure before y'all go outside, or y'all gonna get y'all checks and they gonna let y'all outside, and eventually they gonna try to make it seem like. We made y'all wear a mask. We made y'all social distance, and that's what flattened the curve. When, when, when in actuality, you were just dealing with something similar to the flu bug, and the flu bug was gonna fade away in May anyway. Like and it always praying, does. Yes, and the people out there praying for a second wave. There's a special place in hell for y'all because I know for a fact <laughs> that a lot of y'all are just sitting home getting fat and y'all comfortable working from home and y'all don't want to go back into work. And I know a lot of y'all are just feeling great about the fact that you don't have to work and you still bring it home $1,200, $1,300 every two weeks, probably more than you ever made in your life. Like, I know it comes from a place of selfishness. That's why you're okay with sitting in the house. I mean, to each its own, but like I said before, remember, poverty is going to contribute to more deaths than COVID-19 ever will. Like, it is what it is. The, 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 the ripple effect of poverty, if you want to know what it is, come to the black community. Go to the hood. Go to the project. See how that shit is. And I know a lot of y'all don't want to fuck with the hood or the projects. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of that, like, if I'm not mistaken, bro, and I don't know if people understand this, but I and I may not understand this, but I swear that shit like sporting events and a lot of things that go on in the community like charity events per se like even a Boston Marathon or the Chevron Marathon that happens in Houston I swear that a lot of those events contribute to the infrastructure of a city meaning when those things don't happen doesn't that kind of hurt the budget of the city and if I'm not mistaken, a lot of these cities nationwide aren't getting stimulated by the the stimulus package that just came out. Some of the a lot of cities are gonna have to find a way to recoup. Like, am I am I tripping? No, no, you're not so tripping if at I'm all. Not tri- so if I'm not tripping, what do you think is gonna be one of the first things that happens when shit starts to kind of normalize? And the city or a county or a parish needs to get that money that they lost. And it, it's, it's funny because, you know, they keep saying, oh, well, we're going to go back to, you know, the NBA games. We're just not going to have fans. We're going to do baseball games. We're not going to have fans. And a lot of that is getting squashed by those cities. Like they say, you know, they, they try to do this thing where they go play baseball and Arizona's not going to have any fans. Well, if you don't have any fans, you don't need security. If you don't have any fans, you don't need concession. You don't have any fans, you don't need parking. You know, it's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And even with that, if you do have, if you do do these events, you like, okay, you need somebody on the camera. You need somebody on the cables. You need somebody managing it. You need somebody in the truck. You need a driver in the truck. You got to feed these people. So those, that provides jobs in a, in a, in a sense. But if I'm the mayor of, Phoenix or the governor of Arizona and you tell me that you're going to come into my state and you're going to do all these events, but you're not going to have fans. That does no good for my state. That does no good for my city. And there are teams in these leagues that make no money. 
There are teams that have yeah. that that have negative income over the course of the year. I bet the Phoenix Suns don't make too much money because they always losing. People really aren't coming to the games. They're not turning over the revenue sales and jerseys and and, and merchandise because nobody wants to wear losers colors on their backs. So then you have right the up. teams like the Lakers and the Warriors and Houston to an extent because they get a lot of Chinese money that really ends up carrying those lower cost teams. So. At, at some point, you're looking at these Phoenix Suns like, damn, is y'all even going to have a franchise? Dog. You look at the Cleveland Browns like, yes. damn, are y'all even going to have a franchise? My God. Y'all, it, it, for everybody out there listening, man, like, I asked a question. And I asked, where y'all think they're going to get that money from? And I don't know if y'all understand this, but... The next time you driving and you going three miles over the speed limit <laughs> and the police officer pull you over, my God, you're getting that ticket. And when you get that ticket, that ticket is going to have some absorbent fees, my guy. Like, I'm telling y'all right now, y'all wondering why motherfuckers protesting and wanting to go back to work. They want shit to open back up. It's because a lot of y'all don't understand basic economics. When the city's budget is depleted, right now, we're still paying police officers. We're still paying teachers. We're still paying state-funded hospitals in city hospitals. Well, the city, the hospitals and shit, they got, they got, they got cut checks from the stimulus. But once again, these motherfuckers finna come. Like you think it's just gonna come in the form of taxes? Nah, bro. When, when the next time, the next time, matter of fact, like you just said, you're talking about parking. A lot of parking is owned by the city. Like. <laughs> A lot of parking is owned by the city. Yeah, y'all been y'all been cool parking in Houston, you know, for for three or four dollars. Oh, getting free on the weekends. Don't be surprised if you pull up to these clubs in September and you like, damn, it ain't free on the weekends no more. Nah, bro, we need that money. We coming to get ours. When I'm I sorry, when I work downtown, how it works. you used to go park for seven bucks, seven dollars and thirty five cents. You're gonna be you're gonna be looking ten twelve dollars next time you go down there in September. Man, that's one. That's one. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I know I said I ain't learned. I was talking to Sean. I said I don't. I nothing really surprised me, but I am surprised that basic economics is something that goes over people's heads, like for real. That's why I kept on the IG live saying when you get that twelve hundred dollars, you gotta spend some of it because you have to understand they just they just think about it like this. They just threw a bunch of money out into the market. If that money stays, too much of that money stays stagnant and nobody does anything with it, my God, that's similar to the toilet paper that y'all just hoarded. You have to understand, well, I would like you to understand that in a month or two from now, when when toilet paper gets stocked back on the shelf, matter of fact, like you said earlier, it's a lot of bikes that have been scooped up. All the bikes are going. When bikes get stocked back up again, and the economy opens back up, and a lot of these people that were only riding bikes to be bored, dog. Do you understand that the value of the bikes are the value of bikes are gonna go down when they get stocked back up again? Who the fuck is gonna want to buy a bike in July for three hundred dollars? Like why? We all got bikes already. Yeah. You got and and, they, and they're just taking up space now. Yeah, and the toilet paper. Shit, it's it's plenty of people that got six weeks, six months worth of toilet paper. So when toilet paper comes back on the shelf at seven bucks you gonna have to drop that price to make me want to get it like this is basic economics people and like i said go ahead jay let, let, let me kick it a little simpler turkey leg cut 
Yeah, you can still do to go orders at Turkey Leg Cut and anything and everything like that. But if you know anything about restaurants, they make the majority of their money off selling alcohol. They sell the drinks so and and make so much profit off the markup of the alcoholic drinks that you could basically give the food away for free. Cause just think about it: you order two two Hennessy's and whatever you ba- you basically bought a bottle of Hennessy yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So turkey leg cuts probably been you know hey we can't pay the mortgage you know this that is going on you know double up on us we gonna be good when we come back. So those prices at turkey leg cut. They're going to be a little bit higher than they used to be. But they know that they have the client base that's going to continue to be there. So that yes. drink that you used to pay $12 for, it's probably going to hit you 15 or 16 now. Yes. Yes. And and and, I'm, and, I, and then once again, people have to understand this is a timing thing. You may be able to go to Vegas for cheap now, but understand something. Vegas is probably pulling in a fucking couple of hundred million dollars a day or some crazy shit like that. Vegas has been closed for 53 days, too. They coming to get their money back. So what they going to do, they going to bait you in with some cheap-ass prices for a couple of months. But when it's time to pay the piper, niggas going to pay. So that club life that you millennials was loving, them happy hours, them brunch hours, I'm going to be honest with you. I won't be surprised if happy hours just get erased. Because a lot of these restaurants that y'all think that y'all finna go back to and turn up at, she, nigga, please. They gonna have to get their money. And y'all keep saying stay closed, but y'all don't understand the ramifications and how much that's gonna hurt y'all pockets when shit opens back up and you decide to get back out. Because once again, you're gonna have to pay the piper. I'm sorry. I'm just, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Did you see uh, where the mayor of Las Vegas was on with Anderson Cooper? And she was like, volunteering, like, hey, we'll be the guinea pigs. Like, open Vegas back up and we'll see if the curve is flattened or, or something like that. And everything else is right. so positive without well, being you, clean. Right. The, you're, you're, I mean, you're talking about encouraging hundreds of thousands of people to come to Las Vegas. Back. I get the, the financial yeah. losses people are suffering, which is awful. But you're encouraging, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people coming there in casinos, smoking, drinking, touching slot machines, breathing circulated air, and then returning home to states around America and countries around the world. Doesn't that sound like a virus Petri dish? I mean, how is that? No, what it sounds like you're being an alarmist. I'm not. I've lived a long life. I grew up in the heart of Manhattan. I know what it's like to be with subways and on buses and crammed into elevators. I think you are by saying what you have just said. So you don't believe there should be any social distancing? You don't believe that this is a... Of course I believe there should be. Of course. I'm a How do you do that in a casino? That's up to them to figure out. I don't own a casino. I don't know anything about building a casino. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. You're the mayor of Las Vegas. And you want casinos to be open, even though you have no authority, thankfully, over casinos. But yes. you, you say open them up, but you have no responsibility about how that would be done no, no, safely. No, no, you're blurring. No, 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 you're blurring. You said it's I'm not, not your job. There. It, I am not a private owner of a hotel. I wish I were. And I would have the cleanest hotel with six feet figured out for every human being comes so in there. If you can't figure out how to do this safely, why, as mayor 
of a city that you were responsible for the people's safety, are you calling for something that you have no plan for how it would be done safely? I am not a private owner. That's the competition in this country, the free, the free enterprise, and to be able to make sure that what you offer the public meets the needs of the public. Right now, we're in a crisis health-wise, and so for a restaurant to be open or a small uh, boutique to be open, they better figure it out. That's their job. That's so not the mayor's you- job. <laughs> Hey man, like I like I've been telling people, man, this is the same. This is the same as the as the this is the same as the landowner, the the the, the landlord, and the tenant. At the end of the day, it's so many different sides to this sword. Yes, I feel sorry for the renter because they ain't working right now. <laughs> Straight up, I feel sorry for the renter because they not working right now. But at the same time. The landlord's primary income is your rent, and if if he can't pay if if he can't pay his uh land fees to the landowner, then you fucking him. So who do I feel sorry for? That's the same for the person in Vegas, because at the end of the day, you have to understand something. Casinos, racetracks are not eligible for any stimulus funds. Churches either. So you have to understand something. Vegas is fixed to come for y'all's neck. Because and since they can't make no money right now, at best, all they can do is do like forbearances and stuff like that. You know, because obviously they deal with a lot of mafia niggas and shit. So, you know, the mob still the mob still on Vegas. So Vegas good in a sense. But at the end of the day, you always got to pay a piper. So with that being said, what she's telling you is, hey, if I got to risk a couple of lives to save my own neck, you goddamn right. You goddamn right. Like, I'm sorry. Like. The Texas lieutenant governor said, hey, it's, it's more important things than living. <laughs> boys got to, boy, you can, you see how these people are cracking? They're cracking. There's more important things than living. What what, what do Lil Duvall say? Excuse me, say what? <laughs> he said, I got to get no. this economy rolling for my children and my grandchildren. If I got to die to do it. But he ain't gonna be he ain't gonna be the one outside dying. It's gonna be somebody else. But that's another story, bro. When you're in a position of power like that, you can make them calls. You can be niggas. It's it, and that's another thing with millennials that I see a lot, and that is virtue signaling. And I said, and I'm gonna say it again. I, I'm looking at the tenant. I'm looking at the landlord, and I'm looking at the landowner. Who do we feel sorry for? Who is it more honorable to feel sorry for? Everybody looking at the tenant. Everybody feels sorry for the tenant. But at the end of the day, (laughs) what if you were the landlord? Put yourself in the position of the landlord. You only put yourself in the position of the tenant because you can relate to the tenant. But in actuality, the tenant, the landowner, and the landlord, they're all human beings. They deserve empathy, right? Like they all do. They got you bills know, to pay just like person, you. They got not all too, not all these people. landlords or millionaire multi property owners. And all and all rich people aren't bad guys. Everybody associates rich people and successful people like with the Bond villain type characters. It's like, hold on. How come you looking at all these white people like they Bond villains, but then you look at Beyonce and Oprah like they good guys? Make it make sense. It's not. It's, it's not right. Like 
Eller's not a good guy. Beyonce's not a good guy just because you say they are. If if they're good guys, then Jeff Bezos is a good guy. Elon Musk a good guy. They're all good guys then. We can't it's the virtue signaling. It's the selective morality. Like like you gotta you But when when your idols are doing that. stuff, you kinda cover your eyes. And I, that's and I'm seeing that. And I'm seeing that. That's what I'm saying. Like that shit crazy to me. But we could go all day on this, bro. We can go all day on this. Like I said, it's good to be back. We may, you know, hopefully um y'all get this and y'all enjoy it. But uh the fact of the matter is, uh, I'm a swing in the words of advice. And, I, and honestly, my words of advice is, man, y'all got to understand something. Um, <laughs> poverty contributes to more <laughs> to more deaths on a regular basis than a lot of diseases. And I know a lot of y'all are, are virtue signaling. Y'all throwing y'all capes on for black people because y'all believe black people are the main... Uh, y'all believe, CNN told y'all that black people are suffering the most from this virus because black people are the poorest and that got y'all attention and all I'm saying is at the end of the day y'all believe that because y'all believe black people are the most impoverished so with that being said it's not just the fact that COVID-19 is affecting black people it's the fact that poverty is affecting black people poverty affects most minorities that come to this country that don't have stable jobs and careers. So, while you play the chess game, just remember, don't forget that piece, that very pivotal piece is poverty. That's why we always try to fight it. That's the American way. Fight poverty. We want to beat poverty. Nobody wants to remain impoverished. That's all I got. Damn, that was deep. (laughs) It's been a while, man. It's been a while. Um, My words of advice are hell is going to be a lot hotter than you think it is. Woo! Scorching. Scorching. I've been there. (laughs) I'm sick of you. (laughs) Oh, man. We'll see y'all soon, man. What you got? That's all you got, man? That's all we got. That was good. Get our legs back. You know, that that first game back off hiatus, you know, got us on a minutes restriction, you know. We're going to get our legs back, though. No, we sure will. We sure will, man. But shit. With that being said. This has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?